Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And Brennan and Jude are unavailable uh, tonight. Uh, Brennan is on his way to Amish country, and Jude is on his way to Dreamtown. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's feeling too well tonight. So I dug into the uh, the OFT roster and brought forth our football, women's, and men's basketball writer, Matt Green, on the show. Matt, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Joshua? What's going on, Irish fans? Uh, C-string guy here coming up to start. Um, Bucks are playing tonight. I think I'm going to be like a Pat Conson bench player here and give you some solid minutes tonight. <laughs> I, it's uh, everyone is invested in these NBA finals. I'm not gonna lie, except for me. Oh, like, I love oh, Pat. No. I love Pat, but I just I have no I, I have no I'm, I'm I have with, no attention span for the NBA. I'm, I'm I'm with you. I just know Pat's in it. I know he's playing against Monty, coaching for the Suns. But beyond that, I got nothing. I I don't I don't watch it. I don't know. I not my deal. All, man. I'll tell you though. When the NBA Finals comes around, I always wish I was a bigger NBA fan because it's every, a lot of people seem pretty excited. Yeah, uh, but I'm not one of those. I was more excited to watch. Well, I, and I still, I watched uh, you know Montreal and Tampa last night uh, for a little bit. So, anyways, anyways, so <clears throat> we're gonna get cooking. We had I had a. It's just funny. I the, all this stuff was last minute. I had kind of a different show cooked up, uh, but. And everyone knows that we we really fly by the seat of our pants most of the time, anyways. So it's it's not uh, too big of a problem to change through. But just a, a few news items. Uh, actually, first of all, if you're listening to this uh, on the on the uh, this would be Wednesday, July seventh. Uh, this is my fifth year anniversary with SB Nation. Uh, July seventh, two thousand sixteen uh, was the day I took over. Uh, it was a very uh, <laughs> Very rough first year. <laughs> it's we got 2016, but we got past it. We got past it. Uh, <laughs> thank God, Brian Kelly got past it. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, but yeah, five five years. Uh, so, so having fun, still having fun. Uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. Uh, but speaking of keeping rolling, and I, real quick before I move on, I will have to say this. Um, I'll, I'll have like a a. Yeah, you know how I do in post. I usually do it in like end of May and June, and just have not done that yet. Uh, but I gotta say, I think the staff has been. I mean, I think this has been about as stable as staff as I've had in a while. I think everyone's been around for like a solid year, at least, if yeah. not two years. If I, mean, I, I would really have to go back and and look all that up. But I think everybody that's on the staff now has been on the staff for at least, I would say at least two years. Uh, that's pretty good, uh, in the blogging business. I, I'm not, I ain't going to lie. Um, and, uh, and I think I got a, I think I got one in the cooker. Uh, I have to check up on, <laughs> on him. I think we might have some soccer coverage, uh, coming uh, your guys' oh. way, which is good news. Cause we, we don't do a whole lot of soccer coverage. We just might start. We will have that, have that going on here. So that's, for me, that's great news. I know I know a lot of you guys are football fans and 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 they just dive into the little basketball. But uh, if obviously you know we're huge into hockey, baseball, we do it all. We haven't had a whole lot of soccer coverage, so if we if I do get that locked up here, 
Uh, I'm going to be really happy about that. And I'm sure uh, you Notre Dame soccer fans out there will enjoy that. All right. So on to business here, Matt. So some things that happened this week or since our last recording of the podcast, it's been almost it's all recruiting and all money. Uh, and we'll we'll get to the money part of it uh, in a bit, but just some Notre Dame recruiting news. Uh, you know, a handful of commits. Uh, and we're we're talking. God, did this go? I wonder how far. I can't remember our last show was, <laughs> but we've had a lot of commitments since then. Yeah. So we had for the 2022 class, uh, we locked in Jaden Bellamy and Devin Moore. Both these guys are are. Look at their offer lists is, is what I like to say. So, you know, Devin Moore is a, is a three-star composite guy. He's a four-star on rivals. Go ahead, go ahead and check out his offer list. Matt, what, what would you say if, you know, Alabama and Florida uh, come calling and, and want you on that squad? I, think that, I mean, that's, that's a hell of time to pass up. I don't, I don't know, but he's, he's doing it to come us. So, yeah, yeah, that's a healthy offer list. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to dive real deep into recruiting here. I think in a couple of weeks uh, might have a uh, a big one, uh, big one for all you guys uh, with a special guest. But anyways, uh, but good news here with Devin Moore and Jaden Bellamy. Uh, some bad news: uh, Nicholas Singleton committed today, uh, four-star running back to Penn State. He was, even though Notre Dame does have uh, four-star Jadarian Price in the fold. Singleton was the top running back uh, option for Notre Dame in, in this class. And I'll just say they're not done. Uh, it, it, it's still a long way, still signing day. <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how this one shakes out. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never say never in recruiting until and even then, even when even when signatures are, are signed, it's, yeah. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. It's all the wild. Ask any Vanderdips. That's right. You, yeah. I, just did that that post about um, you know Aldrich and coming in. And he was committed to Sparty, and then you know, it took a few more yeah. months. And we got him last year. So yeah, I, I know I I never I never put full born anything you see official with recruiting until it's officially official and they start to suit up and you get immediate day the pictures with the guys in the uniform coming. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Estime is a, a, a great example just for the fact that, you know, last year, everyone, their, their top running back prospect and uh, Will Shipley, and I've said this many times, this is anything new, you know, everyone, you know, was depressed. They were crawling, you know, wanted to burrow into a hole because they didn't, because Notre Dame didn't get Shipley. Uh, and then later on in the cycle, <laughs> you pop in Audrey Estime and then Logan Diggs. And I'm going to tell you right, right now, Audrey Estime. I'd rather have him than Will Shipley. I, I yeah. and I've said that many. I've actually said that yeah. many times. Sure. So, yeah, that, look, that's not sour grapes, but I want you to like stand Will Shipley up to Audric Estime, and then bring in the the Notre Dame running back room that they have right now, and look at those two, and look at the room, and figure out which one of those two you'd rather have added to that room, and it's going to be Estime because of what he brings. We. Dude, we have a Chris Tyree. We have a Kyron Williams. We have a Logan Diggs who could be the next Kyron Williams. But there is nobody on that roster like Audrey Estime. So in a in a warped sense, in a way, 
losing out on Shipley was a good thing because it got you Audric Estime, which I'm right. telling you is like, it's it's karma. This is oh, this, <laughs> the TJ Duckett, the TJ Duckett screw back. up. We're, we're it's karma's giving us a good one here. I, I, so you know, it's one of the many. It's one of the many things. This included in a lot of stuff that the '90s and 2000s voodoo is. I feel like it's going away. Like it's just stuff that we have now and, and the teams that we put forth and the recruits that we get, like all that stuff that people want to hate on us for, that stuff is way in the past. And this is just another instance of that. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something else. Uh, so just look at 2023. Notre Dame's got a, Notre Dame's got bookends now on the defensive side for the 2023 class. And one of them is five-star defensive end Brennan Vernon from Ohio. Yep. I am an Ohioan. I live in this great state. A five-star defensive end in Ohio State's backyard is not someone that, honest to God, Penn State and Michigan are the only schools that I would ever think could come in and grab a five-star defensive end out of this state, other than, you know, to come in out of state. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't have never, I wouldn't have given Notre Dame a chance at all. This isn't just this isn't something that happens, and it happened. Uh, so you know, 2023 is a, a long ways away. The December uh, <laughs> December yes. 2022 is a long ways away. But right now you got them. That is a huge, huge deal. Um, and I look, I, I I don't dive. I do not dive into the 2023 kids until at least December January. I just don't. I don't have the bandwidth. And I, I've seen articles out there for some 2024 kids. There's a linebacker. Everyone's going crazy. Like, I don't have no. – I do not compute. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I'm no. sorry. That's not, that's not who I am. I'm, but, uh, but I will – the guys who are already pegged as five stars for that class, that's a little bit of a different monster. That's, the, that's a guy you really got to take notice at and figure out, you know, hey, what's going on. So – uh, and, and just an update, uh, a quick news flash. Joe Shad just started following, <laughs> following me on Twitter. So. Oh, okay. Well, that'll work. So I just, I, <laughs> I paused. I saw it up. I'm like, who the? I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. All right, all right, Joe Shad, let's do this, buddy. Um. So no, that's that's a huge, huge win. I mean, so you're absolutely right with the the voodoo of the, uh, you know, of, of kind of what went on, and it. It's a sad state. Like Charlie Weiss did a hell of a job convincing blue chip talent to come to Notre Dame, but he yep. did a fucking terrible job backfilling the roster, filling out a depth chart and all sorts of different other things. But Charlie proved that you could still get blue chip talent to South Bend. He proved it. Yes. 100%. So it's there. And, it, and, it, and even so, I mean, it, it really took – you know, it, it's it's been kind of an up and down thing throughout the Kelly era. You know, we've gotten some guys, you know, but, you know, Marcus Freeman coming in that I mean, he really is firing up the juices. And I know I get a little uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Matt. I get like a little overkill. Like I, I get a, I'm not sick of, but it's just like I'm full, man, of all like the Marcus Freeman love, you know, with the recruiting. Because you know how much of it is just you know fluffing you know fluffing it up, and how much of it is is real. But I'll tell you what, I mean, there's there's so much meat on that bone of, of the job that he's been doing. 
yeah, that's a good I mean, meal. I mean, Josh, I, I agree with that 100. I, I was all in on him. I, I was so pumped when we hired him, and he's just making waves. You can't deny that he's going into Ohio State's backyard, where he's coming from Cincinnati, past Ohio State, yeah, past Ohio State coaching staff, and he comes in and steals that five star. That's amazing. It's incredible. But I, I was, I was all in on it in the hype, and but I was thinking about from when uh, Jim Harbaugh started. And I remember a criticism I have of him was they were calling him God before he coached a game. And I wanted to take a step back and let Mark Street look like, let's have him coach a game, let's get a season in before we start calling him the next head coach and they are a parent and all this stuff. Like, I, I, I have a high... Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's a whole lot of talk about that. Yeah, I would love to see it. I, I want to hype him up, but we got to make sure we reel it in just a little bit because I do not want to be associated with anybody who might think that their coach is God and he's going to do great and then just tank like kind of Harbaugh has initially. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better guy than Harbaugh. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> a one <-hundred. clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, your recruiting is going pretty good right now. It's, it, it's, it's better than good. Notre Dame's uh, number two in the country. Actually, Penn State, uh, I put in my story today about Singleton committing to Penn State. Penn State's number three now. They're just .92 uh, points behind the Irish uh, for that number two spot. So take it for whatever. I mean, Alabama still has to get up there, and they will. I mean, there, there's schools that are still going to not, you know, yeah. still going to get some recruits. So there's going to be some knockaround time. I will say this. So I don't, <clears throat> I was, I was a little put back today by a by a uh, tweet from Pete Sampson. I, I Matt, just, I don't know. Did you I, see? I was just looking at this tweet. About yeah, it, <clears throat> I don't understand why he tweeted it. Like, first of all, you're you're going to Twitter to explain something, which is auto automatically uh, wrong. Like. I, Pete should know better, and I think he does. So I, I, the tweet bothers me in that sense: is that you knew yeah. better, and you still came out and tweeted it out. And I'm trying to find. Okay, double down on it. Says if you haven't seen it, uh, Pete Sampson tweeted out: Singleton's commitment makes a top five finish all but impossible for Notre Dame this cycle in recruiting. But the second best haul of the Kelly era is very much in play. Looking over. The board, if the Irish close on five prospects are in strong position for plus two upsets. So here, here's here's my big problem. Math, the math, the math of this all is is the math. So I, I have started and I've started and deleted a couple of different like class calculator posts. There are those who think that Notre Dame is only going to sign 24 to 25 kids this year. I think, and I, I firmly believe that they're going to sign 27 or even 28 this year. The reason why is attrition's going to be even more out there with yeah. the transfer portal. Sure. I, th I think just, yeah. I think backfilling your roster is going to be just the normal. I think I think if you if they just sign 24 kids in this cycle, I think they're screwed. I think right. they're going to come up about about 81 19. scholarships right. come come yeah. August next year. So it's just really a numbers game. 
if we and we've said all along, especially on this podcast, where if Notre Dame's ever going to finish in the top five, they're going to need over 25 kids in that class. We get it. We're not signing three or four or five stars a, a class. But I guess my overall problem with, with Pete's tweet is like it's fucking the first of July. And they're <laughs> yeah. and even doing the math, it's hard to know what's going to affect who and, and all this other nonsense. I, just, I don't need to talk about a top five finish. Yeah. Like I started to write the top five story just a, a week ago and was like, no, no, <laughs> like I'm not going to keep this narrative going from the fucking camping world bowl press conference that just will not die. Like yeah. we have nice things. Enjoy the nice things. You know, th- there's, there's a lot of top prospects right now who are leaning very hard towards Notre Dame. Jalen Sneed's one. CJ Williams is another. If you look at Notre Dame's class right now, which has 18 commitments. And so I, I, I still believe they, they add another eight, nine, 10 get kids. Sure. You're in pretty good position. I know what Pete's saying. And I, and I, I don't disagree with what he's saying at all. Like this is going to be a great class and one of the best of the Kelly era, but people are going to be upset about maybe it not being a top five finish. I just don't understand why you're tweeting that out. Like, Let's drop the top five narrative and enjoy our nice things for just a moment. We just we just nabbed three DBs in a row for the 22 class and two defensive ends in a row for the 23 class. Let's sit back and enjoy that for just a second. I mean, Singleton came into Penn State, kind of was sucked, but we all knew it was coming. It wasn't like it was a, right. a massive blow upside the head. Enjoy your enjoy your nice things, right? Well, well, we're we're all Notre Dame fans, Josh. We can't we can't enjoy nice things for very long. <laughs> we, we we can certainly gotta, try. <laughs> we got to have the self self deprecating stuff come in all the time. That's well, just how we're but that I get. I guess that's my, that was my problem with Pete tweeting that out. Yeah, exactly. Pete Pete force it. I won't say force it. Pete is a part of the. Uh, He's the he's the storyteller. He's a storyteller of the program. He, he's he's the guy that that can change the narrative of the of what we all talk about uh, with a with a tweet or two, and this just this changes it. This this makes it a negative rather than a positive. Even though he's trying to spin it into a positive, yeah. you're on Twitter trying to change someone's mind. Good luck with that. Well, we got yeah. Well, we we the hell of like a week week and a half recruiting, and then there's got to be the. What's the Danny Downer side of it? That's just all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, yeah. And I mean, and someone else pointed out to him, and and I almost did, and I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna back, I'm just not gonna say anything. Yeah. There's still a handful of guys here in, in this class that are committed to Notre Dame that are probably gonna see a, a bump in the rankings. Devin Moore is one. Um, Darren Agu could be one. Uh, but I mean, there's there's guys that are gonna get bumps in their ratings. Like you said, they got to play a whole nother fucking season. Yeah. I mean, let's just, let's, uh, I just, I understand the, I understand everyone's rush to fit the, uh, the very neat narrative, right. Of the, of the whole top five thing. But I mean, do we really have to, (laughs) do do we really need to, uh, this is, this is July. This is July. Uh, so I love Pete. 
I mean, there's no I one who tells a better, no. better story. That be able, you know, we we drag we drag Samson over the coals on this podcast more than anybody. Uh, but it's because we love him. It's, we do. It's only because I, I mean, we love I mean, him. Well, yeah, you you get honestly one of the best of the biz, and if he's gonna throw kind of a grenade out there every now and again, you got to call him on it. So that's how I that's how I see. It. That's, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. You gotta call. Yeah, I like that. That's that's about as good as it, a grenade's about as good as you could say. say that's right. exactly what that was. Yeah. Uh, so with all that recruiting news going on, let me tell you what's gonna bump up recruiting even more, or what's already in the mix. So, Matt, I'm not sure how much you've been following of the the name, image, and likeness stuff going on. With the Notre Dame, I have not wrote. Yeah, I haven't wrote many stories on it, uh, very slightly, and I've got really annoyed uh, oh, since uh, since July 1st over everyone wanting to trip over themselves to report about some small deal a, a player has got. So let me get this off my chest real quick. Number one, I am super happy and super excited for all of these players to have their opportunity to be able to to capitalize on their own name and image and likeness. It's about fucking time. It's their name. Their mama gave it to them. They should be able to do whatever they want with it. The NCAA, complete overreach there. And it's it's a total it's a total win uh, for for most people involved. I mean, it just is. Number two, it's going to be fucking wild out there for at least a year, if not two or three years. It's going to be just crazy. Because people don't know how to act. But I'm telling you, but so today, Matt, look, did you hear about the you hear about the Miami booster today? I was, yeah, I was, I was, you weren't going to bring it up. I was going to. So yeah, go ahead. I heard about this. Yeah. So the so was it like it's over 500 grand. So each player he's offering six thousand dollars each for a year to do whatever the hell to, to promote his whatever the hell, <laughs> and. That's a big deal. Okay, that's cool. Let me, let me ask you this question, Matt. How how long is that? I mean, what's the re- what's the what's your return of investment on that? You know, you got to think. <clears throat> Boosters drop bigger money than this all the time to schools all over the country. Sure. But those boosters are also getting a building with their name on it. They're getting VIP treatment to the games. They're getting they're getting all sorts of, of of shit out of their money. They're paying for something more than just somebody else. They're getting something out of it. Now, so this Miami booster basically is just saying, I just want Miami to be great again. Okay. So he's trying to do his bit little bit there with that six grand. But how long does that go for? You know, like how how long are 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 biz are these kind of like a lot of it's going to be local small businesses, car lots like are the are the king. Everyone knows car lots are the are the going to be the king dogs around on this. Like, but how long do you how long and how much money goes out? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it it's all going to have to settle down. So I'm not like I'm not tripping over myself to figure out which kid is. I, I don't do that with NFL stuff. If I was an NFL blogger, I would I would almost give a shit less about what kind of uh, you know ad deals these guys got, unless it was something like major or you had a major star. It would have to be something big. 
So like when the offensive line went and had barbecue and tweeted out about uh, uh, the one of the barbecue joints there around in South Bend. Okay, cool. But I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. I just do you feel like there's a lot people are making a bigger deal out of this than what it's going because it's so fresh right now or is this or is this really a big deal i mean is this just, is this going to be just wilding out for the next decade so it's, it's a great question and I, I, not to have a cop on answer but I, I think it's kind of both i think mostly people are kind of freaking out about this but it, it is such an awesome thing for the, the athletes and they can just do you know get some of these opportunities and do some cool things so i will say that it is awesome but I think people thought like it's going to be like this Miami booster situation, or I think people thought they were going to like go the complete opposite. Like you're going to be seeing national uh, commercials for, uh, I don't know, just for an example, like Kyle Hamilton doing like a subway commercial or something, you know, or like just getting like buku money to do these ads. And I, I think it's, not as serious as people think it might be like it's going to be like guys who are just going to play Madden and get paid for it, like the guys with yoke gaming or, right you know one one thing i saw that i thought was actually pretty cool i forget what school it was it was smaller time school i think it was like an old lineman somewhere he was like i'm now going to go be able to play music gigs like at bars under my name and then, like that's just like a cool thing i think it's going to be more stories like that where it's just going to be like normal things that you know, a normal college kid could go and they could go play gigs at a bar somewhere. Like, it's just going to be, I feel like, right. that stuff. So I think as it becomes more of the norm, I think it will be, uh, it will cool down a little bit. But right now, you know, we're less than a week into this and nobody really knows. Like, there really aren't, right. there really aren't, like, standardized rules for this, right? It's state by state. It's, it's not, you know, fully implemented, I, I guess, as you could say. It's still kind of, like... It's a lot of gray areas with it right now. So I think as it gets more normal, people will kind of calm down and figure out what it is. But I still want don't want to downplay how big of a deal it is and how cool it is that it's not a huge deal anymore. That guys can go get a paint dinner or they can use their name and get paid for it, right? So I would say right, they're going to be college students uh, again. Yeah, right. They can do the college students thing and like do stuff like that. So it's blown out of proportion to the point of where people like think it's going to be these lucrative deals, but it is still a big deal to these students. I would say these student athletes. Right. I mean, I, I think eventually it'll, I mean, it's, it's going to take a while because this yeah. stuff's so, so new and everyone is so on it. <clears throat> but eventually, I mean, it's like the Thibodeau deal with Nike, Nike or whatever the hell it was today. Like it's yeah. a big six figure deal. Sure. Okay. But he's also like a superstar stud. Like Nike isn't offering that deal, and especially football. You got to remember how different football is from basketball, right? Which could get even crazier. I mean, I we won't, I won't even dive into into the way basketball could go. But with, as far as college football is concerned, some of most of these guys are going to have to be established stars to, to get those buku huge. Uh, deals. It's just there's just no way a company is going to put their themselves out and just waste money on a maybe. 
They're just not going to. They don't need to. And I guess my point is, I, the way I look at it, I don't. I've, I've never been swayed by advertising. I think in my life, maybe subliminally, because you just get yeah. hammered with it so many fucking times, right? But yeah. like the only advertising that's ever worked for me is like date and time. Like let me know when this deal's going on, or or, or whatever. But like, hey, yeah. the spokesperson, I've never gave a shit. I don't know who cares. I guess there's. I mean, there has to be people out there that do care. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter, right? Yeah, but I just I don't care if, if if Kyle Hamilton or Brian Kelly or Ryan Day or whoever is telling me to go buy a Honda. Look, I've owned Hondas for 20 years. I'm right. gonna buy a fucking Honda. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jim Harbaugh could show up my house and say buy a Honda, and I would still buy a Honda. Right. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it too. I I, I think like. I think people, you know, I know he's now in the NFL, but he's the most recent, I guess, most known like superstar of college football. But I think a lot of people thought it was going to be like Trevor Lawrence type, like endorsement deals for all these people, and that's just not how it's going to work. Right. For these athletes, it's just it 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 can't. You know, they you might have some guy that might be like a local favorite to a team wherever they are, and like you said, might do a car commercial, right. a car dealership commercial, but like. I don't know. You can't really get much bigger than that. Like nationally, I don't know how much of that, how much of this will happen. So here's another thing to think about too. So there's, there's a lot of like websites out there. And I, and I know for a fact, like a lot of SB nation college sites right now are very interested in being able to sponsor athletes for the schools that they cover. To me, that's, that, that's ethically a, a fine line. Sure. Some sites, some sites operate. I mean, but, I mean, let's be honest. There's some sites that operate strictly at, at a fan status. And then there's some st- sites that operate like ours, which is fan slash news status. So we operate a little bit differently, but there's also like, um, my former boss, Matt Brown, uh, with, he has the extra points newsletter, uh, an extra point podcast, uh, excellent. By the way, I highly, highly recommend, especially for this kind of stuff, for business, for college business stuff uh, in athletics. I'm telling you, the extra points. Matt Brown knows what he's talking about. But you know, there's he's sponsoring like one or two athletes. So, I, and I just, for me, I'm like, I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> like I, I have no desire personally for that. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. But at the same time, it's just like, what, what, what am I using this money for? You know, first of all, I have to go ask SB Nation, Vox Media for funds. And if they don't give it to me, which, you know, that, that falls out of their advertising budget, which is pretty much locked in for a year. So that would have to be like a special case basis. So it would be hard to get out of them. And then I got to look at it. All right, I'm putting it out of my pocket. But am I really going to do that? Do I really want to do that? What's my return on investment here? And I think that if you that thinking alone is going to let this whole thing play out over the next few years into a a, a more normal time. But I mean, again, it's going to be wild out uh, for a little. You're going to see a lot of shit on social media yeah. and on Twitch, and all, it's it's going to be wild, man. Yeah, it's going to be the wild west. And I I, I, I think I just thought of too is you know if, if you're in 
position like our site and some others and they might try to sponsor athletes like it's kind of kind of iffy on that side but also like their kids and you know it, it, you kind of have to think about like not to pull a negative here but like we sponsor somebody and, and there's a there's a folding five situation that goes on like does that taint our site does you know right. like right there's, Exactly. Because they're still kids, right? I mean, they're 18, so, 22 year old right. kids. So you're, say you're in my shoes, Matt. Yeah. Say you're in my shoes, and, and we go out, and, and I'm just going to make up a name. We we go out, and we uh, sponsor, um, you know, Osiris, uh, Osiris Complete. All right? Yeah. That's his name, Osiris Complete. Yep. Uh, he's a, you know, running back. We go out and sponsor this kid. Uh, he's he's putting us up on social media and all that, and then news breaks uh, that he assaulted somebody. Yeah. Then now you got to deal with that nonsense. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. Look, these are college kids. Still, I mean, right. I, I always hate calling anybody that's over the age of eighteen who can get themselves in a massive credit card debt and go fight in a war. Like I don't. I hate calling yeah, I college kids kids. I, but I'm 43, so I think I can call just a lot of people kids yeah. just because that now. But even when I was younger, I hate I hated the term kids. Like, look, you know, the, this kid, this guess because this guy's in college, he can get away with this. But this guy who's working construction every day, yeah. that's not okay. I mean, anyways, but there's still young people who yes. make crazy mistakes all the time. Right. In a, in, a, in an environment that kind of gives you a lot of a lot of freedom to do so. Yeah. And I just, I think if, if there's sites like ours need to be careful about what they're doing as far as getting themselves involved with, with any kind of sponsorship. Cause that look, Nike's used to it. Gatorade's used to it. Yeah. Uh, fucking, uh, pilot G seven pens, G two seven pens. They're yeah. used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, all these, all these companies that have been advertising for years and years and years, and there's, there's some that have dipped into the celebrity and sports figures and others that have it, and they're used to all this stuff. But right now, you're seeing just everyone, just a lot of people just jumping in, both feet, like fuck it, let's go. Uh, and you know that's going to cost some fun, and I, I'm super happy for the kids to get paid. I really am. I mean, I am yeah. over the moon that, that these that that. that you know, not just football, but look, it keeps Title IX out of it, which is when people start talking about schools paying these kids. That's when it gets. That's when nobody gets any money because then you then you have to, you know, worry about Title IX and everyone has to get an equal fair, you know, fair cut out of it, and that's hard to do. And that's hard to justify, even as you know, we talk about all this money that that schools bring in. There's still a lot of schools that are operating fucking right on the line there and having to pay out all that money to you're going to you're probably going to be losing programs. Man, you know, I'm not trying to be a shill for for colleges trying to save a buck. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. Right. But allowing these guys to go the Olympic model of being able to sell whatever they have in, in their name, go yep. sign autographs, go do a car commercial, go tweet out something about home run in pizza. Whatever it is, right. you know, they should be able to do that, and now they're allowed to do that, and that is fantastic. Totally agree. You know, there's a lot of there's there are 
a lot of stories out there about, you know, college athletes who, you know, they don't have shit while they're during the only thing they have in college, they're three, four years there is what the school gives them. Cause that's all they haven't had. They don't have mom and dad sending them money. There's a, this is just, this keeps all, this keeps the shadiness out of it. This keeps it all, you know, kind of public and, you know, no worries. No, no kid should have to feel guilty about getting a meal because he's hungry. Yeah. That, that was uh, and I know there's different rules for that stuff, but I mean, yeah, but, yeah, how's the NCAA going to force that? I mean, this, it's going to be wild, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. It's complicated, and it's which is a major reason why I haven't put a lot of stories out about it because my thoughts are all over the map. And you know, talking to you, Matt, I think you feel the same way. It's like this is great, but this is going to get. This is going to get wild. It's going to calm down. And then we're going to see kind of how it all shakes out. Yeah. The, the, the premise of it and the, the way that they finally can, you know, do what any other student could in college or really anybody, right? And anybody could make, you know, name. They want to play games and get paid for it. Great. If they want to play music. Great. If they want to sign autographs. I mean, that, that is awesome. I don't think anybody's going to refute that, but you also can't refute that. It's just a wild mess right now. And I, I think more student-athletes will go more toward kind of the former, where they're going to just try to make look maybe like a secondary income kind of, and they can, and that's awesome. But some of this stuff, like this Miami booster or other stuff that you see is just, when there's no like set standardized rules, it's just going to be the Wild West for a little bit of time and unfortunately i think social media and people are going to buy into the hype of that they perpetuate it a little bit but it is a good thing at its core but it's a mess like you said right it's a beautiful mess. imagine a world just imagine a college football world where kids didn't have name image and likeness rights nor did they have the right to transfer one time without being penalized. Can you imagine that world just two years ago? <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you mean like four or five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so foreign now, which is a good thing. Well, the that. game, the game is absolutely going to change. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it with between the, the new transfer rules and the name and name image likeness stuff. It's going to change. But one of the things I keep seeing shouted out is this is going to this is going to make a bigger gap in the haves and have nots. And personally, I think that the gap is already giant. Like it's not getting any bigger. The gap's already there. It isn't going anywhere. And it's it's always been it's really always been that way. Like there it's a college football is a slow bore into concrete about how the the top 10 shakes out each year. It's I I don't see it. I don't see this ma- exacerbating it any more. I just think it's just going to, I don't know. It's just going to highlight what we, what's already there. I mean, kids go play for Nick Saban because he's fucking Nick Saban. Right. Now they can go play for Nick Saban and get a deal at a barbecue joint in Tuscaloosa. Sweet. Yeah. Right. And if they, and if they don't get playing time, they'll just transfer to Oklahoma. 
<laughs> so yeah, that that does lead to such an absolutely fucking more of a fucking mess. But I, I mean, it's more power to him, right? I, like right. Some people are gonna play for guys like Nick Saban, and that's not gonna change. You're you're still gonna get the guys who are more on the lower end or no stars are still going to play for kind of the smaller programs, go D2, whatever it is. They can still get paid for a local thing. But, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. I think I think it's just such a huge deal and it's the new shiny thing. So people are going to freak out about it. They might think, like, their star player, their star school could make a lot of money doing something. But in reality, it's probably not going to be like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is that that these athletes want to play their their respective sport. They want to have playing time and play. At the, at the end of the day, that's still their number one priority. Yeah. And that and that number one priority helps them get, you know, to the to the next to go play pro. So, at the end of the day, they're still going to like be mindful of the roster. Like the days of Pete Carroll getting all the five-star running backs in one spot. Just that's that, that doesn't happen. Like guys are very, very mindful of where all the top recruits go. I mean, you got to think, you know, like, like the Carroll era right there, that was, you know, mid two thousands. What has happened since the mid two thousands, the recruiting services have took over everything. And so now all these kids, they all know each other, you know, starting from like sophomore, junior year in high school, the top guys, the top 300 guys in each class, they all know each other. They know where they're going to go. They're they're watching the commitments. They're they're looking at the the, the depth charts. They're reading the they're reading blogs and websites to to kind of know where their best shots are at. You know, I mean, some of them are dead set on going to where they're they want to go, but a lot of these guys they they base their decisions off of playing time, exposure. So not everybody can go to Alabama. Not everybody can go to Notre Dame. Not everybody can go to Clemson. Not everybody can go to Georgia. It seems like that because they stack in Ohio State. They stack up these recruiting classes. But there is still a ton of talent out there. So it's not creating a – the the chasm's already there. And it's going to be there. It's been there for a long, long time. It's just now you're going to see kids get paid. Now you're going to see – uh, transfers because, you know, guys aren't, you know, they're not willing to wait. That That's not a knock on them. I mean, who knows what was told to them while they were Everyone's so quick to jump on it, you know, for transferring and say, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he should have waited it out. Fuck you. Who are you to tell him what to do? Yeah. Would you wait? Would you wait at your job? You got say you got passed over for a promotion. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you going to stick around or are you going to go find a better job? I mean, that, that's what this boils. This is a job, folks. This is why these kids should be allowed to make money. Is this is this is a job? So, yeah. I I think I, yes, it's going to be wild and crazy all over. Uh, but college football has never been sanitary. <laughs> it's always been a little dirty. It's always yeah. been a little crazy. I mean, this is just we're we're built for this. It, this this sport and why we follow it it breeds chaos, but that's why we love it. There you go, chaos. That's 
That's it. Chaos Factor is fantastic. Yeah, it is chaotic, but that's why I follow it. Honestly, it isn't even tied to football. Like you said, basketball, some of the other sports do. College sports are chaotic. They're, they're, it's, it's a, a lot of times a flawed sport played by flawed human beings. Like it's, there's going to be mess and you add in all this stuff too, but it makes it crazy, but that's what makes it fun. And nobody is ever wrong in their arguments, right? Like we, we argue one side and nobody's ever going to budge. And I feel like this is going to add to that, but that's, that's the fun of it. That's why we, that's why we talk about this and yell and scream and do whatever, because it's, it's fun. We, we embrace the chaos. So speaking of chaos uh, and speaking of getting paid, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we come back. Uh, I'm going to ask you about some chaos for this season. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. All right. We are back and rolling. So Matt, we've uh, on this podcast, we've Brendan and Jude and I have, and then Greg, we've had him on. We've talked quite a bit already this summer, this off season about uh, Notre Dame projections, projections for uh, for 2021. And we hold the mantra very dear to our hearts: find the loss, find the loss. Like I'm, we're we are we're sick and tired of Notre Dame being like held to a different standard. There, you know, like other teams have to replace a lot of talent as well, but somehow Notre Dame, <laughs> Notre Dame replaced the talent, even though they're recruiting really well, just isn't up to par for, for some, somehow Iowa state is, is so much better. Uh, oh, somehow yeah. North Carolina lose returning all their shitty offensive linemen is somehow a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and losing their top two running backs and top, top two wide receivers. They're still, it's okay. Cause Sam Howell's there. Even though Sam Howell got dominated by a Kyle Hamilton-less uh, Notre Dame defense, right? Hashtag <laughs> whatever the fuck. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, we're just we've we've been kind of driving ourselves mad all off season about this, and it the most maddening thing is that people are right though. There there is a lot of unknown right. with this team, um, but I guess we've all we all of us have kind of like leaned on some things that we think we know some things that we, we know that this, this program has done well over the last four or five years. And so there's a little bit of confidence there. <clears throat> so when people are talking about how they're going to do this year, you know, I, I said 11 and one's got to be the floor for me. Like okay. this, you just look at that schedule, go up yeah. and down. And I see a win on every notch. It's, yeah. Taking my taking my blue and gold glasses oh, off, I'm still looking at a win on every fucking notch because they should be favored in every game that they play. That's just that's just common sense. Yeah. You know the Wisconsin game is kind of a whatever, but we'll find out more about Wisconsin and if Graham Mertz has actually improved or not moving forward. But anyways, you know, even even so, you could still drop a game, right? Like a lot of great teams have dropped a game in their season. So I would say 11 of one's the floor. Now, I'm not trying to say Notre Dame is a national championship contender, but I think I personally feel 12 and 0 is totally doable, which means another return to the college football playoff. And then we'll, we'll you know, we'll deal with that when it comes. Yeah. How do you see it? Do you, do you, do you think there are, are we being 
about this season? Or are you in line with, you know, like, fuck it, this team can, this team can do this. Look at the schedule. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't want to buy into what I just, you know, poo-pooed earlier in the pod where I'm saying, like, I, I still fall into it. I try to say, you know, we got to get rid of the voodoo. And the reason I, I'm telling myself that is because, I, you know, I, I've just been burned away too many times. Um, you know, to me, like, 10 and 2 initially sounded good. But as you look through the schedule, I, I got to agree with you. Like, I, I, I just don't know. For what it is right now, obviously things change throughout the year. You never know. But it, each game looks dare I say easily winnable I, I don't know I, I think it probably depends I'm, I'm hesitant because we don't really know what Jack Cohn is going to bring to well you could so hold on real quick you say that it could be it's you easily could say it's winnable not that each game is easily winnable right correct correct I, I can right, right. I'm, I'm not right. saying that each right. game is an easy win don't take that don't that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that you look at each game you go down you go like you said, it's it's really hard to find a loss in these twelve games. Now it is interesting because you don't really know. Like that doesn't necessarily mean, like you said, that we're gonna compete for a national championship. But as you look at the schedule now, it just looks eleven and one, twelve and zero caliber. And again, to me, you can drop one again. You never know about dropping like one or two. It really probably depends on again how. We just don't know how Jack Cohn is. For the first time in three years, we do not know how what the quarterback is going to you know, he's going to play. We don't really know that, but I could see us being favored in every game. I mean, we probably should. Right. So I mean, I, I just as of right now, like I'm not a big Phil Steele guy anymore. I used to be. Like for years, I like I called it the Bible. It was a big deal. But after years of being a reader, you know, you come to find out like, you know, he's only writing like another two sentences <laughs> you know, yeah. about his about the TV. I mean, he's just it's the same stuff each year. He's just adding. So take it out something and adding a little something. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fine dandy. But some of the things that, you know that he puts in that magazine. A lot of it are true. And one of them is, is that his predictions for the APT top 25 are pretty accurate over the years. He's not breaking these teams. He is just saying, this is what he, what the AP is going to do. And that's a huge difference. So right now, I believe he has Notre Dame will be the preseason number seven team in the country. But people are talking about Notre Dame as like a 22 team. You know, like there's a, like there's a wide difference there. And like, would you? Cincinnati was one that that that, that stumps us quite a bit. And yeah, as you know, you know, Brendan and I are are Cincinnati fans. You know, we've we followed them for years. This is a Cincinnati adjacent podcast. Yeah, right. And all this like kind of like hand wringing over Cincinnati kind of amuses us quite a bit like knowing what Cincinnati lost what they bring back and oh by the way their defensive coordinator is now on Notre Dame's sideline like but yet somehow that's still like a super tough like 
because it easily be that's a, that's easily a losable game at home where they don't lose. We yeah. don't we don't get it. It doesn't compete with us. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm never gonna understand that. I I don't know that, but that I feel like that always happens. Like you, we always end up playing somehow like a team that was really hot the previous year that was kind of out of wacko land. Like it just kind of they kind of came out of nowhere and they the the hot thing to do the cool thing you know, the the great thing to do is to just be like oh yeah they they can be but it, it's kind of the same thing as you alluded to earlier in the pod about like North Carolina, the cool they got Sam Howell back, who we owned. And then they lost a lot in their own line, so we're just supposed to lose to them. Like, I I don't know. I'm never going to understand that mentality. Well, I mean, but you understand website clicks, right? Well, I, well, I, <laughs> you understand yeah. ratings. Well, I, right. I mean, I, I'm never going to understand that being a genuine take. How about that? Right. But that's the problem, though, is that I guess we focus a lot on this show and all the website itself. You know, we, we talk a lot about the narrative, right? Yeah. And whether or not people believe the narrative is important is, is kind of irre- irrelevant because the narrative is the narrative. It, it's It's how you watch college football. It's it helps decide, you know, you know, a lot of different small things, but it also creeps into that college football playoff committee room. The narrative will creep into that room, whether they say they don't or all that, it all does. And some of these people aren't even college, you know, like some of these people deep absolutely depend upon the content that they're consuming about the sport that they're voting on because they're not coaches it's, or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is just that that narrative and what they're getting from elsewhere eventually affects how they think about each team. It's like because it, it, if that wasn't true, you know, a, a, a team like Alabama, you know, we, we pencil in Alabama every year, right? To the playoffs. And even when they lose, we still know they're going to make the playoffs, right? Because they're Alabama. <laughs> they, they, they've shown uh, 2019 Alabama lost two games and went to the Citrus Bowl and beat up Michigan. If that 2019 Alabama team was in the college football playoffs, I almost guarantee they're, they're in the championship game. Sure. And, and go ahead and flip the coin for if they win or not. That's how that's how good they are. But that's also the narrative of them. I can say that because it's drilled in my head over a decade that they're just fucking good. They're better than everybody else. And so when you go into the rankings room, you could look at the, you know, up and down about their resume and what they've done and who they did it against. And if you took off the word Alabama and replaced it with Missouri and had everything else the same, that ranking ain't even close to what they have in there. Yeah. That's the point of the narrative. Like it's it's a it's a it's a built-in bias for everybody. You know, it's not just your home team bias. It's a built-in bias about how you look at each team. You know, think about how we looked at Clemson for a long time. You know, Clemson just kept losing the big game, right? The Clemsoning. That narrative was built in. So even when they won big games, you just kept waiting for them to drop it. It's it's Kirby Smart. 
He can't. He, he can't get over the hump at Georgia. Uh, he hasn't been there all the. I mean, he's been there what five years. But it's kind of like shit or get off the pot right now. You know, they've. You got all this talent there. You know, can you can you get over the Bama hump? And they haven't been able to. And until they do, that's the narrative. That's going to keep drawing them down below Alabama. So, look, the narrative, the narrative affects everything, whether you want to believe that or not. That's just that's the power of the narrative. It's like, <laughs> you know, do my Alex Jones thing here. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> turn it, turn it, your frogs, frogs into Gator fans. Uh, so. <laughs> It's just, it's important. And so these things about Notre Dame, all this stuff that's preseason talk about Notre Dame and what's going on, it's going to be, end up becoming important going into week three or week four. Because even when Notre Dame's winning, you know, they got a close game. How far do they drop down? They're, all these things end up mattering at some point or another. Uh, the, the intensity of it or not, maybe not so much, you know, it can go up and down, uh, but it's going to matter. So are you, Matt, are you, are you, uh, are you comfortable in saying that Jack Cohn is a starting quarterback and that uh, Brian Kelly just needs to fucking say it and get this thing over with? 100%. 1000%. I, I, I know what's been built. Again, you talk about narrative. I know why it's getting talked about, but come on. Like, we just all know. It's just, you know, like, he just needs to say it. It's, it's going to happen. They're not going to trade. I forget who said it. I saw it somewhere. Somebody said, like, they're not going to trade Tyler Buckner out there or even Drew Pine out there in, in Tallahassee to start the season. You're going to put somebody on there as a grad transfer. Yeah, I just – I don't see the point anymore. No. Like, I understand why. And it has nothing to do with, like, fooling Florida State about who your starting quarterback is going to be. But the whole point is like to to keep Drew Pine engaged, right? To keep yeah. him competing. But I mean, I got a sneaky suspicion that even if Drew Pine is running as the number two, he's still going to be competitive, and he's still going to try his ass off. Because yeah. I mean, even if he wasn't those things, Jack Cohn isn't a, a two-year incumbent. I mean, maybe oh. you know, I I think. You're thinking less of Drew Pine than I am, and I have Drew Pine as my number two quarterback. I think he still would be totally engaged yeah. and still be totally ready to roll. But right now, I think that you are, you know, I'm not trying to second guess Kelly, you know, too much. But I mean, it's like just fucking say it. Get your team set, or you know, and maybe they all know. I mean, maybe they're just, just like fucking this. We gotta tell the media nothing. But I mean, it's it's. It, it should just be out there. Like, this is your guy. This is your leader. Because it's a quarterback position. Just do it. I, it like, day I, one, I, fall camp. Right. And I, and I don't I don't want to, you know, downplay the competitiveness or anything that you find anybody will bring to the quarterback room. But I I agree. Like, just, just say it. And like you said, this is our team. And I think it makes – Everybody, from the fans to the coaching staff, all the way down to the players, especially the offense. I feel like it's got to be Conf- like thing to be like, this is our guy, this is our offense. Let's roll, like you said. Right, it, get, it gets everybody comfortable. Yeah, like this. This isn't the uh, 
who's starting at the slot wide receiver spot. This is right. the quarterback. Nobody's going to have so, any objections. You might have the crazies that are going to have objections. There always are, but no sane person is going to have an objection if they come out and be like, yep, Jack Cohn's the guy. And everybody's like, that makes total sense. Right. The The only reason, like I said, the only reason to like to even have this like quote unquote competition is that, you know, is to keep the other guy engaged. And in this case, it would be Drew Pine. And I just, I just feel that he's the kind of person that, you know, the kind of competitor that's going to be engaged and, and, and compete regardless. I, he's not, he's not a fill. He's not crying about, you know, at least not yet. He's I not going to be crying about, about playing time that he, that he thinks is owed to him. No, and, and it might've been the, the beers that I'd started to consume in the playoff game at, by the fourth quarter, but I feel like he came in and he just like played, you know, and this is what I'm doing. I don't care who I'm playing against. Like he just came in and that was what it was. So he'll stay engaged, but that doesn't necessarily mean he should start right away. It's got to be Jack. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> this is the, like, like, I don't know, maybe like six, seven years ago, this feels like, like, like kind of like a story that everyone's generating because it's like, it's the clickable story throughout the summer and fall camp. But it, it is so like transparent that everyone knows, like no one's going to have the quarterback debate. This isn't like Kaiser and, and Zaire. No. This is just, this is what it's supposed to be. To, to me, it was, it was so transparent the day that he signed as a grad transfer. Yeah. You know, yeah, because <laughs> because everybody knew, you know, BK's, you know, Kelly's like, OK, looks leaving. We need a QB and he gets signed. And to me, I was like, cool, we got a grand transfer to start. And then all of a sudden this narrative started to come up and I was just always confused by it. But, yeah, the transparency started from the minute that we reported it. Right. Now, Jack Cohn was getting signed as uh, coming on as a grad transfer. I was like, OK, that's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, if, if, so, if Jack Cohn wasn't coming another day to start, he was well, going somewhere else to start. Well, exactly, right? I mean, yeah, of course, why aren't you going to be a guy transfer and start right here? If you're not going to do anything else, like you said, you just go somewhere other than other power five program. You know, and maybe he doesn't work out. Like, look, Everett Golson transferred, transferred to Florida State to be the starter, right? And he was. And then lost out on it. That's on Everett. Yeah. But he went there to become the starter. Right. Lake Zaire transferred to Florida to be the starter. Like they, these, ah, yeah. it was a bad, yeah. <laughs> that was a bad place for him to go to, but they're going into these things. Like I'm going here to be the starter. And there's reasons why they think that's because the coaches on those schools, leading saying, leading them to believe is kind of a, kind of a tricky way to say it because right. no one's tricking these guys. But I, I fully believe Tommy Reese and, and Brian Kelly are, you know, when they were talking to Jack Cohn, were like, there's an open spot here. We think, you know, you're the guy. And they said enough things to, like, let him know. Like, like, like look, this, here's here's a spot for you. We like you. And you can do it here. And he's he's got – look, Jack Cohn just isn't some random guy. No. This guy took Wisconsin to a Rose Bowl. Right. I mean – is he limited in some spots? Sure. But is the, has this guy played in big games? Absolutely. So you're absolutely correct, Matt, when you, you know, when we're saying they're just, they're not going to put Drew Pine 
or Tyler Buckner or Brendan Clark, if he can, you know, if he's healthy out on the field in Tallahassee to start the game when you have a guy who played in the fucking Rose Bowl. Right. It's just that's a duh. Right. And to me, one game doesn't decide somebody's career in college or professional, but especially in college, it doesn't define. But I've always told people Jack Cohn did something that Ian Book didn't do in 2019, and that was kick the crap out of Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If we're I, mean, I think to do comparisons, right? I mean, a couple years ago when he played, I mean, they just dominated and we got dominated by that same team. That so. <laughs> That was a season where I, where I where I went off on Wisconsin and Minnesota, like every other podcast, maybe every podcast, just talking all sorts of shit. Uh, and I'm I'm sure I talked I said something about Jack Cohn, uh, but who who remembers those things? <laughs> but but yeah, they did. He did well enough at Wisconsin for me at our Notre Dame site who doesn't play Wisconsin and really has little effect to go off about Wisconsin shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he made some noise. Sit though, right? Like you said, it's not some note. A Rose Bowl is no matter what happens or how you get there, that's a pretty big fucking deal. Right. So, I don't know. I'm super excited. I, I mean, look, we are slowly but surely getting through this summer. And I know everyone's like, you know, don't wish away your summer and all that. I don't care about summer. I really don't. Nope. We, I, my vacation went up to Mackinac where it was like a high of like 70 degrees. Like, yeah, give me the cooler weather. I don't, I don't care. Uh, get me to football season. I do not care. Um, and so we are slowly, but surely getting that, getting there, getting towards camp. Uh, I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of hand wringing from the media, uh, from the beat right now about, you know, are, are we going to be allowed to, you know, to be a practice or all that. And that's important. Yes. But I think, I just think it's important. It's, it's even more important that these guys are going to be able now to practice the way that a football team is supposed to practice. <clears throat> you know, Brayden Lindsay, Brayden Lindsay went on a, um, he went on a podcast about anime, I think. Oh, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying this like secondhand. I didn't listen to it. Uh, but either Brendan, I'm pretty sure Brendan listened to it. That sounds like he's big anime. Yeah. But he, no, but he, he was saying, he was talking about Lindsay. Kind of, he, he didn't talk much about football, but the little bits they did, they talked about last season and just how fucking weird it was because of how like distance they all were from each other. Yeah. Like being, not being able to be in the same meeting rooms and just this whole thing about, uh, look, am I all my years again? I am a I'm a I'm getting close to being an old man here, and everything I know about football comes up from when I was a kid all the way through high school, and then even some you know it, it, the whole team thing is a big thing, especially on a in a sport where you put eleven guys out in the field one minute and then eleven other guys the next minute. I mean, it, it's being a team is a big thing. So all that stuff going on and the guys that couldn't practice the COVID, all that shit. And the fact that Tommy Reese had his first year as offensive coordinator without a spring install and then just kind of like a half-assed fall because of all that stuff going on. 
now finally we're going to get that big mix. It's, it sucks that we, that we didn't get that with Ian Book in his last year. You know, like I, I think the full the full uh, install of the offense was going to be so important uh, to to make them a little more dynamic than the way that they were. But they pieced it together. They put out they put out wide receivers who were their second string wide receivers and were out there winning games. They went to the fucking playoff last year. They beat the number one team in the country. I do not care who their quarterback was. He was a five star quarterback. So, <laughs> so you, you beat him. Talking about narratives earlier. What's that? Talking about narratives earlier. That was another narrative, right? He would if, if he had just started, he'd be the five star that would be. But he was the backup to Trevor Lawrence or DJ was. So. Right. Of course, just somehow worked. You know, I was at that game. I was fortunate enough to be at that game. He was amazing, especially as a yeah, he's player. he's good. It was ridiculous. He's really good. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, it's yeah. A th- Hey, what's uh Matt? What what class was uh, what year was Trevor Lawrence in in, in 2018 when we when we faced him in the playoffs? Oh, he would have been a freshman. Jeff. Oh, that's right. That's right. A freshman. <laughs> Freshman five star. Yeah. So yeah. Look, there's all there's all sorts of nonsense that goes on with the way people talk about that game. It it will forever be maddening to me. But I think as time goes on, I think it'll be <coughs> it'll be less and less of the of the butts and the you know and all that and more of like you beat the number one team in the country that night. You can't that's on paper. You can't deny that. I don't care who was who was playing, who wasn't. Notre Dame went, went out there with their second string wide receivers. Yep. I mean, it's just, but you know, we didn't, we didn't, that's not a big reason. You know, we can't go into the Alabama game and not be explosive on the edge and, and have anyone say, well, they have their second string wide receivers out. No. So no. yeah, narrative, narrative is, is key in a, in a thing like that for sure. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, DJ, man, that dude, could, he could throw the damn ball. Yeah, I'm almost like as scared, if not more so, for when we start, we get started. Not to talk a lot about Clemson, but, I mean, he's just so good. And it's, he's going to be incredible, an incredibly uh, tough guy to defend, I think, the quarterback position for sure. So let's see what else I want to talk about real quick here before we get out of here. Oh, so let, let, let's let's finish on this. So Notre Dame's offensive line. Okay. It might be the biggest question mark. It's not might be. It is the biggest question mark going into fall camp, without a doubt. So you you send four guys off the NFL. Your fifth guy is now going to be at a different position, and the position we thought he was going to be at is now probably going to be by a true freshman. And now, you know, Jared Patterson was going to be a left tackle. Now it's going to be freshman Blake Fisher, more likely. Where does Patterson go? You bring in Kane Madden, who for some reason, some some Notre Dame fans, some writers really don't, aren't too excited about it. Except Kane Madden gets keep, he keeps getting put on all American lists. (laughs) Here's an all American that just transferred into your program. Is he a couple yeah. inches shorter than than what you're used to? Sure. Is this college football and not the NFL? Absolutely. So the guy could ball out on this level. Now people will talk about the 
you know, the difference I'll play and all, you know, level of play and all that, whatever. This is a good fucking guy. Is, is he a better option than Dylan Gibbons? Is he a better option than a freshman? Yeah, I think so. So there's, but there's still a lot of question marks and the configurations. How quickly do you think Notre Dame gets that squared away in fall camp? Because it seemed like they had it figured out in spring without saying that they had it figured out in spring. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the exact, you know, exactly how long, but, you know, a little bit into fall camp, I think they're going to get that rolling. And I, I think, you know, the narrative will still be there's going to be a question mark going into, going into that first game against FSU. But I, I could see that, you know, first week <laughs> just getting it figured out. And they're, because it, it, we built, that's the thing, too. There's a lot of question marks. You can't deny that. But Jeff Quinn, offense, Tommy Reese, they've built these offensive lines where they've just been dominant. And we just had built them up to the, the many draft picks that we just had this passing draft. So I think it will take less time than people think. I don't know the exact timeline, but I, I think at least the team will be confident. I think BK and Tommy Reese, Jeff Quinn, confident in their own line going into that first game. And I bet it will be all set a week or two in the fall game. Yeah, I'm since the spring I've I've slowly but surely become a little more confident in what the possibilities of the offensive line are gonna be. And Kate Madden added that. I you know I was a guy who wasn't really like we gotta have this guy, but now that we have him it's like all right this is <clears throat> this makes the line better. You know, it's yeah. That's all you could ask for. If you're losing guys, you need guys to come in to help make your situation better. If you have a freshman who flat out looks like he won the left tackle spot in spring ball, you're sitting pretty good. I I still don't know. I, I have a lot of question marks in my mind about Jarrett Patterson and where they put him at. Like I I'm still I guess I'm still curious to know like. Should we just put him back at center? Like, sorry, you know, yeah. sorry, Zeke Carell, who, you know, who is only a center. He's not a guy who can play guard. But if you're putting your best five out there, you know, is is does that mean that Jarrett Patterson is back at center? I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure how that's all going to work. I'm sure that that has been already well planned out by the coaching staff. Uh, and they'll figure that out uh, as camp goes on. Um, but I guess that that's that that's the biggest one for me. Jared Patterson, who's probably your best offensive lineman right now, doesn't have a home. <laughs> so that's a little strange. That's just that that's not a bad thing. It's just strange. Like we're not. I'm not sure what to think about that just yet. Yeah, it doesn't really happen. I think if you're ever going to be in this position, a lot of times you probably have the one solid guy in the one solid position. But you don't have. And you almost wonder if it makes more sense to put him back at where he was, where he's more comfortable. And there's like, he's experienced, and then he's also experienced at that center position. And then kind of do around. I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know what. I, I feel like this is just, this is why they pay everybody to be the coaches. <laughs> and, you know, we we just have to analyze it. You mean, after. Notre Dame doesn't come knock on your office door? 
and and ask you for <laughs> for what you think uh, their offensive lineman configuration no. should be? No, they don't. That's that's stunning. That's stunning. I know, isn't it? They they don't. You know, I'm I'm surprised that the coaches aren't in our comments section all the time asking. Them. I look at my DMs every day, and <laughs> not one coach has asked me for my now. Damn. I will say Lance, Lance Taylor does like a lot of the T formation stuff that I put out there. <laughs> so if that's we good. ever do see the T formation break out, uh, we know who to thank. And that's me. Just like this Kyle Hamilton at wide receiver situation. Greg's got that shit on lock. Yeah, that was awesome. If we ever go to T formation, we're all going to lose our collective minds. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I might have to retire. That might be... <laughs> If Notre Dame pulls out the T, I might have to retire because that would be the apex of my career. Because in my mind, there's no way that I didn't completely influence their decision right. to pull out the T formation inside the goal. Your influence is I not did in this, yes, in this situation. That's the power of the blue check mark. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Please believe me when I say I joke around about that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, Matt, we're going to wrap this up. Do you got, what do you got to say? Hey, man, uh, you got got anything you want to, you want to shout out or, or something to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I I think we, we covered it. I just want to overall just give a shout out. I know, like I said, don't take away from this pod that we're hating on NIL. I think both we, both are uh, very, very excited for the athletes. So shout out, shout out to the student athletes who are just able to just do a little bit more now without as much restriction. And uh, I'm just shouting out, you know, everybody for getting, getting through whatever you need to get through. Uh, we are two months away from fall, two months away from the first game. So I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to a real year, real, real football season, and we're just gonna rock and roll. And I, nothing but positive vibes. And we're gonna see what positive the, vibes where the season goes. I, I think that's just it. I think everybody's gonna be excited for it. Um, but no, and uh, you know, don't don't read too much into stupid ass narratives. How about that? I'll shout out. Unless there are stupid ass narratives, our stupid ass narratives just yeah, yeah, just just go ahead and believe. Totally buy in. Formation. Kyle Hamilton at wide receiver. (laughs) I and all that. But those are sane. Those are sane takes. Those are those are those are cold takes. (laughs) You know, I just. Skylar Diggins just popped up in my mind. Uh, so I, just think of how much money she left on the table in college. Well, she, um, if she had NIL. That's, that's the thing. She, you know, people are even saying, like, if they had, like, a Sky Dig headband, like, you know, I was, I was in college around the time that she was uh, early on. She uh, was finishing up her career. And, and just, like, the Adidas Sky Dig headband she would have sold. So hopefully the bookstore gets us a, a Diggins and a Gumbawale women's basketball jersey um, just from those eras. I think that would be insanely awesome. I think we need a 
I don't know. We need to figure we need to figure that out one out. Just like just like Buffett needs her statue, uh, those oh, women's yeah. jerseys in the bookstore need to happen. One hundred percent. They got they got to have Muffet statue around somewhere, right? I was like, they're just they're waiting on the I, right time. I, I don't know. I mean, she she's retired. I don't know. No time like the present. Uh, right. Look, I I, I literally I mean, met tough. the man. The guy that designed all the statues on Notre Dame's campus, like not all of them, but like the coach, like the championship coaches and all that. I met that guy. Uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me <laughs> because I'm not that not a person who remembers things. Uh, but he looked like an artist. He was a super nice guy. He's still alive. And I think I met him like a Temple game. I think I, ah, I can't remember. Right. He was just standing next to somebody and like, hey, you know who that is? I'm like, nah. And they're like, hey, come here. And he was telling me they did all these statues. They had to have just grabbed this cat already. It's like her her kneeling her kneeling down's gotta be this gotta be it, right? Oh it, it, yeah. It's, it's it, gotta be. It's in a warehouse. They're just they gotta it's gotta happen. The, I, I feel like the design is already there. It's probably already gotten approved. I, I don't know what they're waiting on, maybe a non- Maybe non-COVID year, non-COVID first game this coming year. I, I don't know, but it's. I, I mean that, that that's a lock. That's a moral lock that she's going to use. She's they the best We right, if not, we right. One of the best coaches any sport in the history of the school, probably top three, top five. You know we've we've talked to this podcast quite a bit before too about uh, Brian Kelly's situation, and look. This year, he could pass Newt Rockney in all-time wins. Yep. So, what does Brian Kelly get? What does a national championship less Brian Kelly get? Like we've we've always said, we, we think a statue might be too much for because of their reasonings behind the here's your championship coach statue. But like, doesn't Brian Kelly doesn't he deserve something? Like, say he sticks around for another for another four or five years. And we're we're doing the same, you know, we're winning at the same clips. Maybe 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 we win a playoff game. Maybe we win a, yeah. but we don't win a national championship. Doesn't he get something? I mean, that, he's done things that no other coach in Notre Dame history has done. Careful, you're, like, you're you're getting blasphemous with some of our. Fans. I know, but well, I, know I mean, I, I don't. They know. They, <laughs> they know. They know. I don't give a shit either. But I'm no, saying, but. I, like how so, how does he? How are you going to memorialize him? Like you got to figure like that has to be figured out. I, I agree. Get Muffet I, statue. I don't know. Muffet statue needs to be worked out. I don't know if you name it. Yeah. Like Brian Kelly. Yeah, it's get that. Muffet statue first. Get the mausoleum of Brian Kelly. <laughs> Number yeah. five. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what you do with that. It's got to. It's got to be something. A field. Something. Locker room. I, I don't know. But I, I agree. I mean, you, you're you're right. And whoever who was doing the list last year, sometime the top ten coaches, he he's right there. I mean, it's a huge thing to miss, but he is a national championship away from surpassing probably a couple, one or two other coaches that we've had that won national championships. It's, if it's if Kelly, let's say Kelly wins a national championship this year, he passes Newt Rockney. He wins a national championship. Just, just for argument's sake, say he does these things. He's better than Holtz. 
he's better than Divine. Right there. Right? Yeah. Like in, in your pantheon, if he does those things. Uh, yeah. If he does I, those things, he. I just. I think most win. I mean, I feel like more wins are Rocky's still not better, but it's tough to beat Era, of course. But. No, for, yeah. for me, it's always. For me, it's always Leahy, Rockney, Era. Yeah. Like yeah. those three in yeah. a row. Yeah. And then he's. Uh, honestly, I think he might even be right there. Well, not now, but. I mean, he's close. I, I don't know. I, I just, I give him, I've said this so many other times, not necessarily not here, but written about it, I've talked about it. He is just, like, we we were so dead, and we dead as a program, and just the most lackluster of programs, and say what we will about him, say what we will, but he rebounded so much, and I have never seen, it's been years, ever since we won national championship, that we've had the rebound that we did with him and his just the way he goes about it and the way he preaches about the Northern community and bringing the guys together it's just it's incredible and he's got to be memorialized for that 100% yeah and the talk with Kelly uh, always cracks me up too because I, 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 I find myself either wondering in my mind or wondering out loud and asking like how old are you you know like when in 1988, I was 10 years old, and I'm a 43-year-old man. Yeah. I was 10. And so what a 32-year-old is talking about Holtz or, or talking about how Kelly doesn't stack up, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I, I don't – I'm not trying to be rude, but if I don't say it, I'm definitely thinking it. Like, what the fuck do you know? What, <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. have you, what, what have you seen? Uh, to, to, to say this, like as a fan, as a person, what, have you seen this live play out? What do you know about it? And I, I, I always feel that that's really uppity of me to think that or to say that to people. But it's like I've seen all this. Now, the guys that are my age or older, their opinions about it, if, if they have that opinion, that's their opinion about it. That, that's fine. Sure. But like again, I was fucking 10 in 1988. I was 15 in 1993. I, this, these are it's just not uh, if you're just a little bit younger than me you really didn't see much of what you consider to be the golden era of the 80s and 90s so I, I, what I do you compare it. Brian Kelly to I, yeah, on a day in a day out basis right and I and I saw nothing like you know I was born after all that right you know I I had I couldn't pay attention, but the first couple of years of my life were Holtz. And then, you know, you get Davey Willingham once, right? Like, I'm growing up, and it's just an absolute dead era. But you're hearing it from even not even that old of guys who are just saying, like, man, we were legitimately great. And you just feel so bad. And then you get into this. So that's another reason why I think you got to think of the perspective of where you come from. Like, I was just watching some just visible football when I was growing up. You know, save save a few years. But that's why this is so awesome to me. Because it it reminds me of like what I used to hear about back in like the seventies, eighties, and nineties Yeah, winning is hard and winning is fun. 
Correct. And Notre Dame has done a lot of winning, you know, under under Brian Kelly. And, you know, go ahead, throw 2016 into the abyss. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, 15, 17, 18, 19, 20. These 2012. I mean, there's a lot of, like, high-end seasons here that we didn't come close. Didn't come close to that. No. Past 95. Past 96. No. It's just that it didn't come close. So, you know, yeah, we all want, y'all want more, but quit shitting on Brian Kelly <laughs> because without him, who knows where the hell that this program would be right now. I mean, honest to God. I so, agree. well, that's a, that's a good way to end on it. We'll just, just yell it at our listeners to just <laughs> suck it up and enjoy it. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> oh, God. So no, th- hey Matt, thank you very much for uh, for answering the bat signal, the uh, the hey I know it's last minute like in 27 minutes. Uh, thanks for answering that coming on the show. I really appreciate you doing that. Um, maybe maybe this maybe this is the year we'll get you and Pat uh, on talking hoops and, and whatever too. That would It'd be great. Get something rolling there. It'd be great. I could come I'd come and do that or a celeb shot like this on football stuff. You know, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I love talking it. I thanks for covering the recruiting stuff. I, I I keep up on it, but not as much. So um, it's uh, good to get that perspective. It, covering recruiting is a very much a joyless passion. Like you do it because it's like absolutely a part of the program. Yeah. But I honestly, God, I take no joy in covering recruiting, and especially the way that like I don't call recruits. You know, I have inside lines on, on – I have a few inside people, uh, and, but, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, dish out every little detail. That I reserve for the very hard workers at ISD and Irish Illustrated uh, over at Blue and Gold. Those guys know what they're doing. They do it. They do a very good job of it. I'm just trying to put it all in perspective uh, and, you know, to put – like, here's the basic information. Uh, but it, it, I really, do. it's so tedious. <laughs> it's really, it's yeah. like a joyless, a joyless passion is what I call it. So, but yeah, I'm glad, glad someone out there is reading it. Um, as far as, uh, as far as this little podcast news goes for this show, I think our next one will record on the night of the 14th. Uh, we should have Brendan and Jude both back, uh, for that one. Uh, might have some, uh, now that the season's going to be close getting closer might have a few special guests on some uh, off the rails episodes uh speaking of recruiting might might uh, tap into some of my guys there uh get excited it's july 7th i've fucking have been an sb nation for five years now and the season is is slowly but surely getting here uh and we're about to uh we're about to have a year we get all our fans back in the stands oh my god Last year was just so sterile, and it was it, it was so rough because we were such a good football team, and you're winning all these games, and to ha- see those empty stands, not just in Notre Dame, but in all these other college campuses, it just it, it ruins going back and watching the games, like to not have those full fan shots, like it it just it it wasn't any fun. It was less fun, I should say. So we're gonna get all that back this fall. I cannot wait. Uh, and so we're gonna get. We're going to dive into all that and more uh, over the next few weeks. So, 
Thanks for listening. Again, get on over to the site, onefootdown.com. And I didn't mention at the beginning of the show, but get your asses over. We had no reviews this week uh, to read, but if you get over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, whatever you do, uh, leave there as a review. I will read on the next OFT podcast. It's your chance to let us know whatever the hell you're thinking. Uh, become a part of the show. Uh, we'll put it out there. It's all good times. Uh, and we really do appreciate all the five-star ratings that, that gives us a lot of boost and a lot of help. So thanks again. And for Matt and for my other co-hosts out there in the world, as always, go Irish. <laughs>